0: good to see everyone. Um, I am going to take a very, very good uh, point to know that many of you might not know who I am. And so as much as, uh, as flattered as I am as to hear my just named name Jeff, um, I have been coming to Northern Ireland. This is year number 10. So, uh, so my uh, story, just real quick, just so you We can kind of become really good friends, all right? I'm not asking how many people know me. I'm just going to assume a lot of you don't. But uh, about 11 years ago, uh, I was planning a trip with a a youth missions team. And we were supposed to go to Croatia. I don't even know if Mike knew that part um, of that. But we were supposed to go to Croatia. And we were talking for about six months. And during that time, the pastor, uh, we were planning everything like that. And he asked me in November... I was going to announce it at Christmas time to our team uh, where we were going to go, and and he says, how many people are you bringing again? I said, i will probably be about 30, and he goes, I can't handle 30 people. I'm like, "Uh, okay, that's kind of bad news, because he says, we're going to have to split you up between Croatia and um, Ukraine, and I said, well, I've never been to either country, so I can't really do that. So uh, we talked and I said we might have to just push this off. So the whole weekend I spent searching and searching for a place to find. And uh, as I was looking on this one website, uh, I found this organization that had a ministry, a chance to come to Antrim. And it was a brand new church that loved children's ministry, loved serving, loved doing outreach. It was all these things that just stirred my heart. And so I sent them an email. I got in touch with them. And within just a couple days, we had a trip planned to be able to come here. Then February, uh, around that time, uh, there's this thing. I don't know if you remember. It was used to be called Skype. Do you remember Skype? <laughs> all right. Before all of our three years that we had of doing uh, conference calling on things like Skype. Uh, so John and I Skyped. And for the very first time, we got to meet uh, on that. And we just hit it off like right away. We just knew that this was going to be just a, a, a great thing. And it turned into being 10 years later, here we are. And uh, so I'm so excited to be here. My family's actually here uh, today as well. And so my wife, Amber, is right there. Oh, come on. You can clap. I know you, I know you clapped. <laughs> I probably should have waited to say uh, this October will be 24 years we've been married. And so, and then... Uh, My three daughters are here, Summer and Brooke and Jalen. And so the last time we were here, none of them could drive. Now all three of them can drive. So pray for me. Not so much about their safety, because they're good drivers. It's just the cost of them driving is a a lot. And so, and then unfortunately, which I also saw with John, uh, I also have glasses now. And so I'm going to put them on so I can read and be able to see that. Uh, So we know that our world has changed quite a bit. We know a lot of things has gone on uh, for here and for the United States. But uh, some of it was good, some of it was bad. Uh, But I hope today, I just want to encourage you. I hope that today will be something uh, that will help you. If you don't happen to be on the right track and maybe some things are going wrong, I hope this message will be a blessing to you. And so um, I want you to think about this statement, okay? Does everything you say and do navigate you closer to the center of God's will? Now, I'm going to, that's going to kind of be our question of the day, but I want to base it off this story uh, that happened for me. I can tell the story without these on, so it makes me, I still don't like wearing them, but I'll wear them when I need to. But uh, so uh, back in, uh, in Pennsylvania is where I'm from. It's so nice to see Mike's mom here today. I don't know if you guys have met Mike's mom, but she's amazing. So make sure you get to meet her. But there is uh, the largest Christian music festival happens in uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, it's called the Creation Festival. And so I'm not quite sure how to compare it for anybody that's over probably the age of 45. I will tell you it's basically the Christian Woodstock. All right. Without all the little extras that go on there. All right. But I found out that there's a thing called uh, Glastonbury. Is that right? The Glastonbury Festival? I don't know anything about it. I just asked somebody what it was so you guys know what that is. But anyways, it's this massive festival, all kinds of Christian bands. I'll see if you guys know any of them at all. We'll see how we do here. Does anybody remember DC Talk? All right. Down with the DC. Okay. All right. The Newsboys? Anybody know the Newsboys? All right. How about this group? I'm going a little deeper here. Audio Adrenaline. It's a big, big house. Okay, I'm the only one. All right, awesome, awesome. And then, uh, I don't know, there's this one band I used to really love called Jars of Clay. Okay, it actually, like, you guys, some of you knew who that was. Awesome. And then I'll throw one in for you guys. Remember Delirious? Okay, there we go, there we go. And so, um, so it was just this incredible festival, but the crazy part was they had this uh, time that you had to get up at 4.45 in the morning. You had to get a big tarp, And they would sound off a horn, and then you had to run as fast as you can to lay down your tarp to get your territory for the day, to watch bands all day long, the whole way up to midnight. And then you get to do it all over again, like three days in a row of doing that. And I'll tell you what, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I loved that whole energy of like being able to do that. And they had multiple stages that would go on. So there was one called the Fringe Stage, and they had always had like new bands, like first album bands. And there was this one band, I'm sure you won't know who this is, but I'll say it just to see if anyone wants to humor me with it other than Mike, Cademan's Call. Does anybody know who Cademan's Call is? Okay, yes, awesome. So they were playing and between every song they would talk about um, why they wrote it, all these songs of what the meaning was behind it. And uh, the lead singer, he said this one line that I've never forgot. And I probably have held on to it. i probably said it thousands of times, but it's this. I never know when I'm in the center of God's will, but I always know when I'm not. And there was something with that statement that resonated with me so strongly that I began, honestly, just began to think about my life as this target, okay? And I began to look at it and be able to say, when have I felt closest to God What are the things going on in my life when I felt closest to God? Like, what was my environment? What was my uh, witness like, my devotional life? All right, What, what were the things, the impact that I had, the things that I was doing? And then I would think about sometimes, like, when did I feel furthest from God? And typically when I felt furthest from God, it was usually a situation. It was usually something that happened that kind of began to derail where I was. And then I would always look and say, where am I at right now? What am I doing? What does that look like? And what do I need to do to get back into the center of God's will again? Now, I'm sure many of you have felt this way before, that you've gone through seasons, that some things, that, that just times that just you're firing on all cylinders. everything's going well. Things are going incredible in your life, your marriage, your family, your friendships. And the one I like to think about is your, your clarity of mission. Like when you know what God's called you to do, like there's something so peaceful about that. But then we have times that we are going through that there's some valleys. And those are the tough times when your relationships are strained, you're stressed, maybe you've experienced loss, you're struggling with your finances, maybe your family is a mess and just things feel a little chaotic. And you're probably saying in that time, God, where are you? I don't know about what beach is closest to you. In Ohio, we don't really have beaches. We think we have a beach like up in this little lake, but it's not. But if you've ever been to the ocean or wherever you go, and you uh, lay down your, your towels or whatever, you, your, your, your space for the day, and uh, you get in the water, and I don't know if this happened to you where you've spent like an hour in the water, and then you like look out and say, whoa, I am nowhere near myself. I don't even know where I'm at right now. Like I had one time, we were in for so long, I literally had to get out of the water and walk back up the beach to even find my, find my belongings, And so I think sometimes we can feel that way. We can feel like that we've just drifted, that we've drifted from the center of God's will. And so there's a verse for me, it's a verse that I just totally love. I hope it'll be one of those verses for you that you can look at. And it says, uh, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I know this, lo- this verse, is, it's pretty loaded. It has a lot of absolute language in it, like whatever and everything. But I promise you today, if you uh, just stick with me for a little bit, I'm going to help you to be able to, to think and to be able to navigate and guide yourself back to the center of God's will. So before I unpack this verse, I want you to think about uh, who this was written to. All right, It's the Church of Colossae, and uh, there were about 45 or 50 people there. I think back when I was here 10 years ago, there might have been about 45 or 50 people, all right? That's not where we're at today. It's so nice to see people up in the balcony. Hi, everybody. Okay, I just wanted you to wave at me one time. All right? Um, but to think about this, they, uh, Paul wrote this letter from prison, okay? I don't know about you, I would be a horrible prisoner, Like I would be really, I would be the one like sitting in the corner like with my head down. I would not be the one going. Could somebody get me some paper and a pen? And you know, maybe someone could just like just write for me while I just start, you know, giving information and encouragement, the things the Lord gives me. That just wouldn't be me. And so, but but I look at this and look what Paul did. That Paul in prison at this time, he was in the center of God's will. Why? Because guess what, Colossae doesn't exist anymore. Colossae does not exist anymore. All right? But this letter does. And it's here for you and I to be an encouragement to all of us. And so this letter was written to them, to this church, that uh, was so amazing. There was, there was uh, false teachers that were happening uh, all around, and they were getting a foothold in the church. And they were trying to, like, push all their religious traditions on everybody, So instead of Paul trying to write to be able to say, don't do this and don't do this and don't do this, what he said was this, keep Jesus first. Don't minimize who Christ is and the importance of who he is. Wes, thank you so much for worship today because you just did that. You, like, helped us to keep Christ first and all those things. And so Paul decided not to tackle all the issues, but to keep it very, very centered on what Christian living should look like. Teaching them to be obedient and know that every part of their life needs to be focused on Christ. Challenging them to be consistent in what they say and what they do. And so today I want to give you three points. And the best part is I didn't make these points up. They're straight scripture. So if you don't like them, don't come to me. Just look at the Bible, all right? So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so thankful to be back here in Antrim, Lord, just bless uh, this time that we have together. Lord, let our hearts be ready to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so here are three ways to navigate yourself to the center of God's will. The first one is this, let peace rule your heart. I'll tell you what, if you want to navigate yourself to the center of God's will, have peace and be at peace with Jesus. And I'll tell you what, we know this from the scripture In Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So when we think about Jesus as being the uh, prince of peace, he is the one who's the ultimate authority of peace. And so think about Mark chapter 4, okay? They were just ministering. The disciples were still pretty new and everything like this. And Jesus decides, hey, you know what? We did this ministry. We're gonna to go to the other side. I know it's nighttime, but let's take the boat and let's go to the other side. I think we have a picture of what the Sea of Galilee looks like at night. Is that is that possible? I think we have it. Yep. Yep, there it is. That's the Sea of Galilee at night. All right. So I want you to picture this, okay? I've actually been there and it actually is very, very dark. And so I don't know about you. Anybody like being in the dark, all right? When you're in your house, you might be able to navigate it for a while, but I'll tell you what, when you are out somewhere and the, and the seas, has anybody ever been to Israel before? Been to the Sea of Galilee, all right? Um, and so, so here we are, they're out in the Sea of Galilee, it's pitch black, I really like this, you guys, thank you so much for making that happen, um, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were insane, okay? I was actually on the, uh, on the same boat where uh, I guess Hillsong did Oceans, like that song Oceans. They did it on the Sea of Galilee. And three weeks prior to uh, when I was out there, uh, they actually had such bad, uh, the winds and the waves were so strong that everyone on the boat had to lie down on the floor because everything was just being just taken all over the place. Like they were out there for three and a half hours waiting for the, for the waves to calm. And so, so I tell you that because when you see it, you're just like, oh, man, it's not that big. The Sea of Galilee doesn't seem that big. So here they are, the winds and the waves, it's pitch black, and they're freaking out, okay? And so also Jesus along on the boat. Who knows what Jesus was doing? He was sleeping, all right? So they started to try to wake him up, and they're yelling at him. They're saying, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? You're the one to put us out here, You know, and I just imagine Jesus giving that like morning kind of like just kind of wake up, little stretch thing like that, and they're all freaking out at what's going on. And so, and what does Jesus, what does he say? He says, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then when he said to them this, he goes, why are you so afraid? Why do you have zero faith? And the disciples knew at this time that how amazing he was because even the winds and the waves obeyed him. Everything was going wrong in their life. Everything was in turmoil on that thing. But you know what? They knew where to go. They knew that they needed to go to Jesus because he was the key to their peace. So what about us? What about you? What do you do when life goes out of control? What do you do when the winds and the waves and everything seems to be out of control in your life? Do you try to Google it? Do you try to, to solve it yourself? Oh, I really missed the Yeah, let's No, you can, you can leave it up there. I just, the C was so great. Um, but when our world gets turned up, oh, I can see that right there. That's even awesome right there. I can see myself on there. Okay, sorry. I got real distracted there for a second. Um, but when things get turned upside down, I want you to know that Jesus is still there with you. He is in your boat, all right? And he cares about you so much. So even in good times, Jesus is in your boat. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so, I want you to realize that peace is not dependent on our circumstances, but on God alone. And so we have to always trust that. Peace comes from within and knowing who God is and not from our current situations that we face. The second way that we can navigate uh, through our life to be in the center of God's will is let the word dwell in you. Colossians uh, 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching you, and admonishing one another in all wisdom, sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And so, so, think about this. It just talks about how much we need the word and how much we need worship. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but you know, like when you get around people that are really passionate about Jesus, all right? Like, you know how you feel better when you're around them? Does everybody, can, can someone think of somebody? It's like that. I'll tell you what, it, it's amazing. I, I'm so thankful that I have people in my life like that. Uh, but I want to tell you, like, the word dwell, like, like the, let the word dwell in you. The word dwell, the Greek word is oikos, and it's actually the Greek word for, for home. And so, so, you know how peaceful you feel when you're at home? Like, you can have a busy week or a busy day, and there's just something about coming home. And I think that Paul is, is, is instructing us here to let the word dwell in you that it's something that becomes like at home with you. It's not something that just happens when you're out or when you're at church, it happens on a regular basis when we're at home. And, um, and I, I know that when, when that word is in us, it transforms us and it changes the way we do life. And like I told you before, I've been married for 24 years uh, this October. You can clap one more time if you want to. I... I know John and Rachel just had their 22nd just this past week, so that's amazing. And, uh, and so I, I say that like being married to Amber, it changes the way I do life. It changes the way, like I can't be the single guy that I was prior to that. So 24 years, almost 24 years together, it changes the way you live. My three daughters, again, changes the way that you live life. And so when you have the word of God in you and it's dwelling in you, it should change the way that you live. And so I think about that being a mark of a healthy Christian is when we are completely saturated, we're saturated in the word of God because we read it, like we read the word. It's not an obligation, okay? It's not an obligation for me to to be with my wife. I love being with her. I love being with my girls. And so in the same way, the word of God should feel like that. And then when 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 you read it, and you love it, all right, you begin, you begin to know what it is. You know the word, and it's inside of you. And so, um, so I, I want to uh, encourage you guys to think about, like, uh, when we do that, it's kind of like um, become, we become like a sponge. And, like, when a sponge is full, look, I'm not putting it up here. Guys. I know you're all nervous up here that I'm going to get these cords. I'm not, all right? But even just the slightest little bit, all right, just water is coming out of it, all right? And that should be our life. Our life should be something that should be dripping like that, There should be dripping with the word of God that comes out like when people are, when you're struggling or people are going through something. There's so many of you in this room that have been such a blessing to me and my family. Like you've literally poured out uh, the, the parts of who you are. But what I've discovered in that too is that it has to be something that's a daily thing because if not, I've had this sponge be really, really wet, all right? This sponge is soaked up, but look, nothing to it. Nothing, seriously. You were scared. I didn't throw that one. I threw, I threw the dry one at you, all right? But, but, but I look at that, and I'm telling you that it has to be things that are constantly in you. It can't just be Sunday morning. Wes, did such a, you in the, in the band, I don't even know. Gareth was the only, I'm looking up here, Gareth is the only guy that I know, on the stage. That's so incredible, like to see the worship that's coming out of here. But but I want to encourage you guys with that, that it's got to be something that becomes so a part of you and it has to be daily on a regular basis. And so if you're not getting the word in you throughout the week, apart from like church gatherings like this, I'm gonna tell you, you're not just drifting from the center of God's will, you're actually dying. And that's harsh. I know that's hard to hear that but it's the truth. And so because us having this in us to be able to be a sponge like that with with just oozing out the uh, the presence of God, it's not just about you. It's about others. This week coming up is about others, all right? We're going to go in and we're going to reach the town. How many people in this room are from Antrim? All right. (laughs) I like the enthusiasm, okay? And so So I want to encourage all of us, like like there's so many people in this town that need Jesus. I know for the past 10 years plus or 10 years that that you guys have continue have been such a blessing and an example to the city. Even during COVID, you guys were out doing things, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And people need to see that. They need to be a part of that. And so I, I want to encourage you with that. Let peace rule your heart. Let the word dwell in you. And then that other the part of that verse in 16 says about, let, about songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And so I wanted to make sure that you guys know that there is such an important part about the singing part of letting the word dwell in you through song. And, uh, and our brain is set up like that, that we need to have the word, okay? Some people just love to soak in the word, but we really, really need the worship side of it. All right. I know back in America, I'm sure it doesn't happen here, but back in the United States, we're really bad about coming into worship late. All right, That doesn't happen here, right? No, I didn't think so. But uh, back in the States, I'm just going to pick on us for a second. We're really, really bad about that, and we can show up, you know, the second, third song. I'm going to tell you what, God's here on the first song. God's here. in That first song we did today, man, so good. It's so good. And I want to tell you that God wants this just to show up in incredible ways in your life. The Passion Translation, I'm going to give you my verse in the Passion as well because it has a great word. It says, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched in with the beauty of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. It should be drenched in what we do. And so when you think about worship, did you know that Paul and Barnabas were sent on their first missionary journey, it was out of a worship service. All right, in Acts 13, you can read it. They were sent from there. That's when they were called to go and to do that. So God can speak to you at any time. And I can tell you again, for my family, we've had some incredible moments between Starbucks and Costa and 15D and the, and the, uh, well, the cinema and Fallon Shane and uh, the grammar school. I've been to all the places, guys. Every place you guys have ever met, I've been at, and God's there, okay? Like, you have incredible worship. You have such an amazing team here, and God wants to show up in your lives in so many amazing ways. Life-changing, life-altering ways that he wants to do that. And so I just want to just brag one last time to be able to say your worship is amazing. Like, there's no, my family, we we can talk about it all during COVID. Is this being recorded right now? Okay, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I will tell you later. I really will. Come out this week and I'll tell you what I wanted to tell you. You have to come out for it. All right. Let peace rule your hearts. Let the word dwell in you and let your words and your actions be like Jesus. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep reading this verse. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul made this as a catch-all statement, all right? Jesus did the same thing when they were trying to get on him about, which is, the, which is the biggest commandment? You know, and he would say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul did the same thing. Do everything. I'm not going to sit there and try to nail every single thing that happens, but do everything in word or deed to represent who Jesus is. Every action in our lives must be passed through this filter, is that is this consistent with Jesus and his will? We should start to look at our lives that way. To say, are we really, really representing who he is? Are we imitating who he is? Because our problem is sometimes we like to compartmentalize our faith, all right? We have this church time that we give to God but then, like, we have our family, and we have our social things, we have our hobbies. You know, we have all these other things that we like to do. But I'm telling you that, that Jesus wants everything. He wants it all, every single part. And so, and I know for some of us, it can be humbling to think about because sometimes we like to do things in our own strength. We like to do things for our own glory. And I'm telling you that Jesus wants us to put everything to him. In Colossians 3, 5, it says this. It's pretty strong language that he gives here. Put to death the earthly things in you. Anger, slander, lies, sexual sins, impurities, evil desires by taking off the old self. We cannot live the same way that we used to if we want to represent who Jesus is. That's a good amen right there. If you're looking for one right there, that's a great place to say amen. All right? We must do everything consistent uh, with the motivation of elevating who Jesus is. So I want you to think about the words that you speak. Are you speaking in the name of Jesus? We pray in the name of Jesus, don't we? Like isn't that like typically at the end of our prayer? In the name of Jesus, amen. But all of our words, everything that we say, not that you have to say in the name of Jesus every time you talk because that would be kind of crazy. All right. But everything we say should be something that emulates who Jesus is? Are you speaking consistent with his desire and his will? And do you sound like Jesus? And I'll tell you what, when you're around people like that, you know it. I have a dear friend of mine, his name is Mike, and he is, not this Mike, because he's a dear friend as well, but uh, he was my youth pastor for years and years, and we've still been friends for a long, long time. And, man, he is somebody who always will speak the truth even when it's hard, even when it's hard to hear. And that's what Jesus did. What about our actions? Do you represent Jesus? Do you show compassion and kindness and humility and patience? Let's talk about just compassion for a second. I think we all think we're compassionate, but sometimes I actually think that we show pity, all right? We, we, we're sad when people are hurting and things like that, but compassion means you actually do something about it, all right? I'm going to give you a real funny story real quick. Uh, how many have been to Disney World before? Okay, Disneyland or Disney Euro or Disney something, all right? Um, so if you go into Disney World, in Magic Kingdom, there's, a, there's a, the castle is straight ahead. Right to the left of it was this wonderful place that made the largest ice cream sandwiches you could ever get. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That place, yes. All right, it's literally this big, two massive cookies on top of ice cream like this thick. It was the greatest thing ever. I was Disney, for me, first time I was 35, all right? So I missed out a lot. I had a lot of room. I had a lot of things to make up for. So this was the start of it, okay? So I get this cookie, and I get it. It's on this plate, and Amber and I are walking, uh, walking around. We're about 700 feet away from where, I, where this happened, like where I got the cookie at, a seagull came down kamikaze i'm not kidding came down took it right out of my hand like on the plate to the ground six of them came and they devoured it in about 30 seconds and i just stood there in disbelief i'm like what just happened i didn't even get one bite of it not even one and there was a guy in a little pin shop right next door he was like 19 years old he walks out with this little yellow pad, and he goes, free ice cream sandwich eaten by seagull. And he hands it to me. He goes, I'm sorry that that happens once in a while, but uh, anytime you want, you can, go. you can go get it right now. You can get it tomorrow. Whenever you want, you can go get a free ice cream sandwich. Do you know what he could have done? Boy, that really stinks. He could have been laughing at me in the store, and he goes, oh, there's another guy getting an ice cream sandwich by a seagull, you know. Um, but he did, he had the authority to be able to write that out and to be able to hand it to me for an ice cream sandwich. The reason why I say that to you is because last month we were with a bunch of our students. We were in a city, and we were feeding the homeless, and there was a homeless couple that literally God transformed their life. They got out of being homeless, and not just to get out of it, but they decided we're going to go back and we're going to serve this community. We're gonna go back and help other people. And so they make food, not just to make food, they make food that they wanna eat. And they take it, and they serve, and we get like to serve alongside them. But the beautiful part for me was, it wasn't just the serving of food, they have cards. And they would give out and say, you know what, do you need a ride to your appointment? Do you need something else? You call me, like you find me, we'll be, we're gonna be here. And so that's not pity, that's compassion. And that's what Jesus does that puts in our hearts and makes us want to change that. Is that good? All right. And so, um, do we really take time to care for one another? Maybe there's somebody we need to forgive. Maybe there's forgiveness that needs to happen. But we need to do things that are more like Jesus. So think about some of the statements he would say. If they hit you, what are we supposed to do? I'm sorry, that was really weak. What is it again? Turn the other cheek. If they ask you to go one mile, what are we supposed to do? Go two miles. If they curse you, we're supposed to what? Bless them, yeah. And so that is not our nature, but that's what happens when Jesus transforms our life. And so um, I'd like you just to close your eyes for just a second. And um, if if any of the band could come up in just a a few minutes, that would be great. Um, But does peace rule your heart? I want you to start thinking about these things, kind of evaluating your life. Does peace rule your heart? Is your mind saturated by the word of Christ, of getting the word in you and worship? Does my life consistently represent the name of Jesus? I want you to think about that for a second. If you can put all three of those things together, it will navigate you toward the center of God's will. I want you to open your eyes again. Because there's something about these three verses of 15, 16, and 17. Each one of them ends with something very specific. Verse 15, be thankful. Verse 16, have thankfulness in your heart. Verse 17, giving thanks to God. Those three things that I gave you, let peace rule your heart, let the word of, of Christ dwell in you, and let your words and your actions be like Jesus, that will get you close to the center of God's will. But what will keep you there is thankfulness. Thankfulness will keep you there. I am very, very grateful that I had a mom and dad that were married for 51 years that showed me Jesus all the time. They brought me to church all the time. I probably uh, stacked and unstacked more chairs than anybody would care to know. I know many of you have done the same. But they showed me Jesus every single day. It will be nine years ago this October that my mom had a stroke. And she was in the hospital. And it was really hard. You know, we were, we were there and we were praying for her. And one night, I felt like the Lord told me to stay. I want you to stay tonight and I want you just to pray. I want you just to pray. And I was praying. There was a nurse that came by. And she came by every night that we were there. And I said to her, I said, I just wish you could have known my mom. I wish you could have seen her without all these tubes and the ventilator thing in and just everything that's going on. I just wish you would have known her because she was so witty. She was so funny. And she loved life so much. And she loved her family so well. But most of all, she loved Jesus. And she just loved Jesus so much. And the nurse said something back to me that I've never forgotten. She said to me, she goes, I know her because I know you. And I began to think about that statement after my mom passed away. And it made me think about people should know who Jesus is because they know who we are. This week of serving Antrim, people should know who Jesus is because of how we serve and how we love. How we love our families and how we love others. People should be able to see that. Because when you let peace rule your heart, when you do that, others are going to feel peace. When you let the, word of dwell, let the word of God dwell in you, you're going to be able to give it out. Like that sponge. You're just gonna be just pouring it out to others. And if you do that, your words and your actions will be like Jesus. We need to do everything in his name. And if we live that out, guess what verse we get to end with? It's 2 Timothy 2.7. I fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I have remained faithful. That's what we get to live out. Our family, we pray for you guys a lot. Like it's been like honestly so sad not to be here for three years. But I'll tell you what, it feels like we're being back home again. We feel like we're back home. But I feel like today, I feel like there's some of you that have gotten really busy in life. that. Maybe these past couple years, you've been drifting a little bit. You've had some scenarios and some situations in your life. I'm just telling you that God's here for you. You have a a church family that loves you so much that wants to come alongside you. But I really feel like today, I hope you don't have to rush out of here, but I'd love for you to take just a little bit of time and allow God to speak to you. There would be nothing better than to walk out of this place forgetting every word that I said. And you got one word from God. That he reveals something to you today. He wants to speak to you. And he wants you to give everything to him. When you do that, you're going to be like Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you need prayer today, There will be several people up here I'm sure that would love to pray with you. But some of you might just need a moment just to spend some time with Jesus. I've had so many times in my life that I just literally just spending time in his presence that he reveals himself. So God, I love you. And I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the leadership here. I'm so thankful that this is a church that wants to to reach their community. But God, it's got to start in us. We can't give out what's not in us. If there's not peace in our life right now, I pray now today that we can begin to feel peace. If we feel like the word is not at home in us, Lord, I pray right now that we work towards making it part of our life so strongly that it feels like home. And when we do those things, our words and our actions will be like you. And no matter how hard the circumstances are, we will continue to give thanks to you so that we can stay in the center of your will. God, we love you and we thank you for this in Jesus' name.